Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Good morning, again for me at least, and this is Dr. Natalie Keith. And Dr. Josiah Dame. And it's Vet Tales again. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Um, today, we're talking about something that luckily doesn't happen to a ton of people, but when it happens, you sure want to have a 30-minute podcast to get a crash course on what's going on in your life. Yes. We're going to talk about seizures today. Seizures, yeah. And not seizures, and what's the difference? Yeah, because there's a couple things that look extremely similar to seizures, but they aren't seizures, and sometimes it's trial and error to figure it out. And, yeah. And videotaping, and... It's a it's it's a convoluted pathway, mm-hmm. it seems. Yeah. So, let's just say, let's first, why don't you give us the, the technical definition of a seizure, yeah, Dr. Dame? Yeah, textbook definition of a seizure is a burst of uncontrollable electrical activity between brain cells that mm-hmm. causes temporary abnormalities in muscle tone or movements, behavior, sensation of state or awareness, and that is from John Hopkins Medicine. There you go, to quote. <laughs> to quote. Yes, proper citation here, yeah. So just an abnormal electrical activity in the brain creating abnormal movements of the body. Yep. And um, and there's this, this massive spectrum within that definition. Yeah, because you can get grand mal seizures. Yeah, which where is where the whole body is just shaking off to fall to the side, urinating, salivating. complete loss of awareness. And then you can also get something called flybite seizures, which is like kind of the general term for it, I guess. Yeah. I call them. I, and then partial seizure, partial I think seizures. is a little more of the medical terminology where you don't have the whole body. A lot of times you're not losing consciousness, but there is still this electrical chem, uh, a signal based abnormal movement within the body yeah, more of a tick for those animals yeah so i i've seen it in cats i've seen it in dogs cats sometimes will like lick the air repetitively mm-hmm. dogs might bite the air yeah which is why they call well, it fly bite fly bite seizures um my sister's dog which is when i was in vet school how i learned about white shaker syndrome and um partial seizures in general uh, she had this little maltese and she would just bicycle her one back leg Mm -hmm. and she would just lay there and like could not stop bicycling this one leg it would go on for a minute or two yeah and so but she was otherwise aware she also knew it was coming so she Mm -hmm. would like seek out my sister and be like ah that thing is happening again Mm -hmm. and then it would go away and and off life would go and did they that's jumping ahead we'll (laughs) get to that later yeah (laughs) i mean i guess the cliff notes version in the end of that story is uh dr lorenzo uh lorenz was still at the college at the time and um the dean and he was um internal med but he like heavily heavily into neuro yeah and so he kind of worked the case up for me was like yeah this is white shaker creating a partial seizure so really cool Mm-hmm. yeah so we just put her on some mild uh anti-seizure medications responded. for the most part she still would have breakthroughs but again Which we'll talk about yeah we've got our cart going right in front of the horse again per exactly. use yeah, yeah, yeah i've noticed uh that we tend to run our podcast like in circles where we're like we picking up more information each time we go around the circle <laughs> of each tail. Um, anyway. Okay. So that is what a seizure is. This abnormal electrical uh, signal creating abnormal movements in the brain. So let's just talk about um, kind of that, the, how do you want to break it down by the who's like, yeah, let's do the who's. Yeah. So 
who is having seizures? Um, anyone. Yeah. And so... It, anyone could. Anyone can have a seizure from a five-month-old puppy to a 15-year-old um, dog and or cat. Um, but the who is going to lead to the why, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, yeah. Like, w- why is the seizure occurring? Yeah, like a five-week-old puppy versus a two-year-old dog versus a 15-year-old dog, you're going to have wildly, wildly different, different. rule-outs that yeah. you're in, in trains of thought and processes you're going to go down to try to figure out what's going on. Yeah, which we can, like, run through the list of what can cause a seizure and yeah. then maybe break it up after that. And yeah, or we can, that. yeah, as we're going through the list, we can maybe say yeah. who is involved in that in that why. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so probably, let's just start at the youngest, probably. So yeah. A five-week-old puppy comes in seizing. What am I going to check? Blood sugar. Blood sugar. So hypoglycemia um, can just happen in younger, small-breed puppies sometimes, where they'll just come in dazed, seizing, check their blood sugar, bam, they missed a meal that day, and so yeah. they're hypoglycemic. Um, they're not, until they're about six months old, they're really not able to metabolize fat in the same way an adult does, and they have brown fat instead of white fat which Mm -hmm. doesn't metabolize the same and so if they are not receiving consistent intake of of sugar energy then they'll become hypoglycemic which is why you'll we talk a lot about it especially in the small breed dogs Mm -hmm. because they don't have the same kind of reserves Mm -hmm. and um and those dogs until they're six months of age we recommend keeping food available to those puppies yeah everyone all the time is like well how much should i be feeding i'm like just let them eat just leave (laughs) it out we'll worry about it later they're not gonna get overweight yeah or like when you've got this like new brand new like two pound yorkie that is coming in and they're like okay well we're taking up her food at 7 p.m so she doesn't poop overnight nope nope no you're not not anymore (laughs) yeah you're getting up in the middle of the night for poop duty because we don't want your puppy having a seizure in the middle of the night yeah exactly so yeah so that's um yeah that's probably the earliest type of seizure activity is gonna be hypoglycemia it can happen in uh, old dogs too if they have like an insulinoma on the pancreas where they're Mm -hmm. secreting an insane amount of insulin it will eat all the blood sugar up really fast and the body can't compensate and they'll have a seizure from blood sugar loss there or an iatrogenic hypoglycemia where we accidentally gave too much insulin that oh can yeah happen. i had one of those I've ones had cats who yeah. have done that because cats are easy to they miss a meal you didn't know or you gave yeah. them a shot and then they jump off the table and they don't eat their breakfast and yeah then, hypoglycemic event we had one where the um owner was actually it was a rescue and um she was fostering and she thought she understood the syringe and did not so she was not giving three units she was giving three mils milliliters and um tail is old as time yeah yes tail is old as time there's a song for that i think and I, yeah, we, we pulled her through, but I was like, why does her blood sugar keep dropping? And then I was like, hey, can you show me how you do your insulin? Oh, yeah. And I was like, that'll do her. That's why I tend to do doctor discharges with my diabetics. And I yeah. go, show me how you're going to give this insulin. It's just tough because she had been a vet tech. And <laughs> oh. like, so there was like the, and you know, and so anyway, we all learned a very powerful lesson that day yeah. and the dog was fine. I actually saw a cat for the same reason. Um, it was not our patient, but they just uh, came in under an urgent care situation. So new patient, new client came in, found out it was diabetic, checked the glucose, 30, seizing, got it back, talked to the owner. I was like, okay, show me, p- pull up your insulin. And I gave him the syringe. He was pulling up 10 units, not one unit. Oh, yeah. Because he didn't see the, des- the, the point. The point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, so there you have it. So, yeah, iatrogenic meaning, iatrogenic just means we did it. Yeah, we did it. 
we as in humanity did it to the patient. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that's another good reason to have hypoglycemia. Um, what's another reason to have seizures? Toxins. Yeah. Is, is pretty, pretty common. Um, and could and also be any age range. Any age range. Uh, but more commonly, the younger docs who are going to eat something they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, any age range. I've met an older lab. They'll eat anything too. You said you had one of these recently. Do you know what I it did. ate? No, I never. We never found out the toxin. Um, but I had a six to ten month old um, golden retriever named Penelope in Dallas, who presented for um, uh, repetitive seizures. So she had a seizure the night before, the seizure the morning that she was coming in, and then during my appointment had another seizure Mm. um and i was like oh no i've never found out what toxin she ate but the reason why i'm assuming it's a toxin is um i talked to a neurologist they're like just put her on keppra which levetiracetam it's one of our treatments for seizures and then taper off in a month and we did and she has not had a seizure since and i saw her for three years after that so um it was usually chemical based toxins so like something in the backyard yeah and in dallas a lot of the story a lot of times things do get tossed over into yards Mm -hmm. in dallas yeah i mean every yard is so close or even wind you know exactly um, and then you also can like, I guess this is not toxin ingestion, but it is, I guess, technically a seizure. Maybe it's not tech. I don't know. I'll see what you think. Cats that have been, um, treated with topical pyrethrins or pyrethroids, permethrins that get the full body fasciculation. So it is technically driven by the electrical system. I don't think it's, but it's t- not originating in the brain. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's technically a seizure, but it looks just like it because yeah, they're, they're but it's almost more like full Muscle body tremors. tremors and it will go yeah. on constantly. Even though the patient is alert. So it's not happening in the brain, which is why it's not really a seizure, but it is an electrical impulse driving it because that's how those old school flea and tick medicine. So this is like your topical, like hearts, for example, yeah. um, that you would buy at Walmart you put it on the cat and it's actually quite toxic to them mm-hmm. and um, it overstimulates the nervous system which is how it kills fleas and ticks but the safer a flea and tick product is the more distinct it should be between being a toxic to <laughs> insects and not toxic to mammals in terms yeah. of stimulating the nervous system so so no pyrethrins um on or permethrins yes in your key cats please yeah. Please, please, please. Um, yeah, because we and we we don't treat those with epilepsy medicine. We treat them with muscle relaxers yeah. and uh, fluids. Yeah, and, and a good Dawn dish soap bath. Quickly. Quickly and repetitively if needed. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So that's another kind of toxin. Um, and then infection it could yeah. be anybody, um, but essentially an infection of your central nervous system can cause seizures. Meningitis. Meningitis. You could even extrapolate it out and say infection causing septicemia would yeah. cause hypoglycemia, yeah. which causes a seizure. That so. could too. And you break down the infection part, you can also get um, more autoimmune versions of the meningitis or yeah. encephalitis, I should say. So like inflammation. inflammation of that area and you have to treat with steroids to pull out the inflammation. So yeah. thinking pugs like and French bulldogs like to get something called GME oh, as a gosh. couple names actually. Yeah. Granulomatous meningoencephalitis. Glad you remembered yeah. <laughs> what that meant for. <laughs> or uh, pug encephalitis. Yeah. Um, and so you can just get like almost an autoimmune they don't really know why, actually. No, but it yeah it causes these little granulomas, which is sort of like an a weird dry Pocket. abscess thing yeah. in the brain, but it's not because of an infection. Yeah, so 
they don't know why it happens. If the last time I, you know, looked into it, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's autoimmune since it, it runs with pugs. Maybe it's genetic. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's autoimmune per se, but it does seem to be something that just happens within a pet. Oh, he's going to Google it. I'm going to Google it. Just don't it, worry, guys. We're going to find the answer before the end of this conversation. So that is one of the reasons I will still recommend sending relatively young, healthy dogs off for MI or CAT scans is because of GME. Yeah. Well... I was right to say they don't know why it happens. <laughs> okay, great. The reason we don't know the is reason because we don't know is nobody because knows. nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. It's always reassuring. Um, yeah, and so that's going to be one I do see in younger pugs, and I have seen um, in pugs and French bulldogs. Yeah. And they I had respond. a Yorkie with it once. Yeah, and we typically put them on an antibiotic too. Yeah, so usually um, they'll have you do yeah, Batril and, and steroids, and then obviously something for the seizures. Exactly. So, and then the goal is hopefully to get them weaned off of all things potentially but usually um sometimes just the antibiotics sometimes you have to stay on the the pred and the the i've been able to get the the one french bulldog i had he came off of everything pretty quickly too and i gave him a really guarded meaning i don't i didn't know if he was going to make it through that prognosis but he responded pretty much immediately yeah to the medications pretty well did you have that dog um imaged no, so it's speculation. Is, yeah, speculation, speculation. And a lot of times you find yourself in that situation. They, You've ruled out the other yes. things because if it were idiopathic epilepsy, which we'll get to uh, last, start seizing, yeah, yeah, you're not going to make any progress yeah. with you when know, chewing off meds. So yeah. typically with <laughs> the French bulldogs and the pugs who have GME, they have like neuro signs along with the seizures. So like this one was like circling. Yeah. And he was so young that you're not going to assume that he has a brain tumor. Um, yeah. Even though that's possible. Always possible, but usually reserved for the yeah. older kids. Yeah. Rolling um, into that. Yeah. Maybe let's talk about it. So brain tumors are going to mm-hmm. be any dog above seven that just starts having seizures out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm, and has beautiful lab work. Yes. I'm going to start getting worried about brain tumors yes absolutely which unfortunately you know there's very few places that can do those images um you know, really an mri is a gold standard for that uh you theoretically can find some things on cat scan at least rule out a lot of things on cat scan mm-hmm. um or ct but um computed tomography if we if we must i'm glad that you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know. It's cat just... scan instead of a dog scan. I know. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, yes, the CT is not as sensitive. MRI is great, but it's just so few places do it, mm-hmm. and it's very expensive. And we're always going to op- – if you have a seizing dog, we're always going to offer advanced imaging. Insurance. Insurance is the best because it will cover it. Um, but I would say 99% of the time, I've never gotten anybody to go get imaging. Yeah. I Actually, in in my – almost four years of practicing I have not gotten anyone um to to get an MRI actually yeah except for my like dachshunds who went to have back surgery but when it comes to like brain brain, um issues uh I no one has jumped on it I've had a couple um maybe three but there's like you know I've got first of all you know more years out yeah I don't know 2010 so I'm coming up on 14 years um and then I think some of the reason that we that I fail to get people to comply is because I say, I mean, because I believe that ultimately the odds of it changing my treatment plan are so low. Yeah. If it were like 
like fungal pneumonia versus cancer in a cat or asthma. You know, if you have a cat that has coughing and it's either got fungal pneumonia or asthma, let's say, your treatment plan is so radically different that yep. you could kill the patient by guessing wrong. Yep. But when it comes to brain issues and seizures, the treatments uh, are not, you're not going to cause any harm by speculating. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's like, it does tell you a little bit about prognosis. You know, if you're worried about GME, just throw in the, the extra meds. Otherwise you're just treating these dogs for the seizures, making sure their blood work is okay, mm-hmm. managing the symptoms. And so I think that's probably why. That is. And then I usually am like, Hey, definitely when they're above seven and they're coming in seizing for the first time, I'm like, you know, I have to recommend an MRI. Because if, it could be. Because it could be a brain tumor. If they found it was a brain tumor, it's not going to change what we do unless you, you... Although, you know, there was, when I was in vet school... Did they do a... There was a boxer that had a meningioma, which is a benign tumor mm-hmm. of the meninges. that's basically just space occupying, and it was pushing down on his brain, squishing a little divot, like a golf ball hole from mm-hmm. the growth. And they actually went in and no took way. that sucker out, and the dog did great. Okay. Yeah. So, but again, these these people were prepared to spend ten grand. Yeah, and to potentially have the side effect of a, a brain surgery, which can recovery can be very rough. But I think it was worth it to them because his quality of life is so bad. You know, yeah. some of the brain tumor dogs that I've seen, because when I was in school, of course, we saw way more MRI results with brain tumors because that's yeah. where they all went yeah. to get their, you know, yeah, imaging. Yeah, yeah. There was like one day a month where they would take them to the human hospital and MRI these dogs or whatever. And um, so I saw several confirmed brain tumors. And a lot of times they'll have such wild behavioral changes. Yeah, like they'll become aggressive yeah. spontaneously without cause. And then they have no recollection of having been aggressive. Yeah. And so um, it kind of forces people's hands a little bit in to terms cho- of... Choose a yeah, to choose a direction. And so... Um, For quality of life. Like either try And the, the family's quality or... of life. Yeah, it's like if, if this behavior change is because of a brain tumor, we can expect progression. And this progression is going to be detrimental to everyone. And um, at that point, it's not safe because there's nothing you can do about that. You yeah. might be able to stop the seizure. You're not going to be able to stop this uh, spontaneous aggression. Wow. Which I had that in a Great Dane once and um, wasn't that old of a dog. I actually have talked about this dog, I believe, on the Rainbow Bridge episode. I think so. Um, and so it just started exhibiting these really wild, unpredictable aggressions. And we did not confirm the brain tumor, but everything seemed so so in line with that yeah so anyway um eventually they euthanized that pet because it it did grab a, a little girl over her shoulder and like slung her yeah. you know with his teeth and so it was uh definitely it was traumatic i think the closest place that would ever do a surgery like that would probably be dallas at this point yeah i don't even know i don't even know though because but you know what if you ever find yourself in that situation we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we'll yeah we'll phone a friend if you yeah <laughs> phone a friend so yeah it's interesting specialists are becoming fewer and further in between yeah um which is hard but yeah. this is the same I mean, industry in the, as a whole. We're um, stretched thin right now. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's a different podcast. Um, brain tumors. And then we can go into more of like, hey, we do lab work every time your dog comes in with seizures. Yeah. Um, we will recommend lab work. Yes. The reason being is because we need to know, is your dog in kidney or liver failure? Because end stage of either can cause... Um, seizures too yeah i mean that's essentially the same as toxins and it's also checking for the infection yeah and the low blood sugar sugar, you know yeah 
Mm. And basically, it's the same as a toxin. You have toxin builds up that's causing um, inflammation of the brain. Plus, um, when you have a dog that is having seizures, you're getting ready to put them on some medication that you need to make sure the kidney and liver can process. Yeah. Which, so that's a good segue into how do we treat seizures? Yeah. Or well, listen, there's, there's a big elephant in this room, manage. which is the 95% of other dogs that, that are having seizures. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> the and main like, reason why they're having seizures the main, <laughs> for yeah. most dogs. I just skipped right over it. <laughs> Because there are some brain tumors and some GME and some toxins and some low blood sugars, infections, and renal failure and all this stuff. But 95% of the time, no matter what diagnostic test you do, including MRIs, Mm -hmm. they're going to come back normal. And this is all of your dogs that are usually between, uh, you know, 18 months to let's say six, you know, or so. These dogs have what's called idiopathic epilepsy, which... If you just want to break down the word idiopathic, pathic means disease, and idio means we're idiots. <laughs> I can't figure out what it is. So literally idiopathic means no matter what test we do, they're all going to come back normal, and nobody knows why this is happening. Yes. It's just some kind of misfiring in the brain um, that's creating these seizures, and all we have left to do is manage. Manage. Yep. Yeah. This is the best case scenario if your dog is seizing. Is that yeah? It's actually not. Yeah, it's yeah. It's because this is a manageable condition uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one, okay, so I have a tale. There, I talk about Cody. Cody's been on at least one podcast before. So, uh, but he came in to me as a two-year-old, pretty big pit bull. Like he's you know that tall American-looking mm-hmm. pit bull. Um, was maybe close to 80 pounds and, uh, came in having seizures and we started him on some meds, but his seizures progressed really rapidly over mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. And I mean, real bad. It's at one point I actually put him in a coma with pentobarbital. So if you, <laughs> it induces anxiety in every veterinarian that hears the word pentobarbital when it's used for anything outside of euthanasia, cause that is what we use it for. But originally it was actually designed as a anesthetic and it was just an anesthetic that was wildly unsafe and um (laughs) so so we're giving uh like this teeny tiny bit of a cri of pentobarbital which is basically euthanasia solution to keep him in a coma i put him in a coma for three days because every time he'd come back out he'd be in another seizure but i told the owner give me three days give me three days and she god love her did she gave me three days and he came up out of the coma on day three and was normal uh, outside of the fact that, oh, this is why we were talking about him, was in blindness. Oh, yeah, yeah, he he was, had, yeah. Um, he had blindness for like two weeks after he came back out of this coma. <laughs> and we had him on every anti-seizure medication in the books. I finally got her to send him up to OSU for like a neuro consult. And they were like, yeah, no, it's just idiopathic epilepsy. Just give him max doses of everything. And that dog lived to be over 12 years old and ended up dying of completely unrelated causes to his seizures. He he was well managed, ended up getting heartworms actually as well in the middle of that had to, that made me nervous. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so we got through all that. I mean, he, he was, um, he was a trooper. Um, but that was kind of the, the worst case scenario of idiopathic epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Never could figure out what caused it. And we put him on uh, every drug uh, that we had. We threw, threw it all at him. And he did great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, that's anyway. awesome. 
Yeah, so that's um, that's Cody. But uh, idiopathic epilepsy is the most common thing. When, the, when your dog comes in, that's what we're kind of expecting it to be. We're running our routine lab work to make sure it's not the other things we talked about. We're recommending an MRI, which are probably going to decline, doing and we're going to understand that. Doing neuro exams to look for deficits. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to tell them what deficits are? Yeah, so deficits are going to be anything... So a dog who has idiopathic ep- epilepsy, unless they were in, like, what... Dr. Keith was oh, we didn't say head trauma. Sorry, head trauma can head trauma. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it basically, if uh, you know, it is idiopathic and it's a two-year-old dog having seizures, they should come into my clinic acting normal. Their feet, so deficits are like loss of like the uh, placement, the placement, or the the ability to. Uh, deficits are going to be signs of loss of neurologic function in portions of your body that's going to like be the, the yeah so like the nerve signal isn't reaching certain locations yes yeah, so like if i flip your foot over you would know that your foot or hand is upside down and so a dog which, will correct which that. is hard for yeah it's hard for us to imagine in a human but in a dog you can imagine it yeah. like you know flip their foot over almost like a pointer like a pointer does yeah. but on the ground but on the ground and then they should correct it yeah, they should be like, that's weird. And put Some their dogs back. don't correct it, and then you know they have a deficit. Because they can tell they're bearing weight on yeah. the limb, but they can't feel their foot to know that their foot is in a weird position. Exactly. Or if I poke your dog's face and he doesn't blink or he or she doesn't yeah, blink Yeah, if you touch by, their, their, by their eyelid, then I know, okay, there's a nerve deficit there too. So th- there's And then there's a lot of other um, nerve deficits we look like for. Like tic- tickle their nostrils. Yeah. You know, can they... Uh, can they barrel walk? So you'll like pick up their back legs and make sure that their front feet can walk. Yeah. Um, like a wheelbarrow essentially. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's just, yeah, there's a myriad of tests that we do like that. And that will tell us more like, okay, is this, you know, potentially just idiopathic or is there like a lesion, which means like a mass or an area of infection occurring? Or an, yeah. Or a blood clot in, infarct, you know, something like that, like a bruise essentially. Yeah. That's inhibiting nerve flow. Um, but if all this is testing normal, all of your blood work is normal. It's probably idiopathic. Yeah. And we're so still going to recommend an MRI. Yeah. So my rule of thumb is um, one dog, one seizure, one time. We rule out the stuff and then we do nothing. Yep. And then you wait. You wait. Because it may never happen again. Yep. And you may never know why. Yep. But if it keeps happening and we're having more than one seizure a month, if it's progressive in length, severity, or duration... Um, or frequency, then at that point we're looking for treatment, treatment management, which you're never going to control 100. percent Yes, I keep saying treatment. It's management. Yeah, <laughs> right. As opposed to like, yeah, you know, you might treat an abscess, but you're yeah. going to manage, manage epilepsy. I had one patient uh, back when I still did emergency call, um, which um, has been you know many moons ago now, but. This dog was a beagle, and he was middle-aged, maybe like five or six when this all started. He gets idiopathic epilepsy, and we started him on uh, seizure medications, and he was really well-controlled until a full moon. And every stinking full moon for four months in a row, they called me at one in the morning, and I went up there and sat with that dog until he quit having seizures. And I was like, I don't know. Were they giving his heartworm prevention? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, there's, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be some kind of like gravitational pull thing happening here. But because um, it's not that unusual, you know, yeah. to, to hear those full moon seizure yeah. breakthroughs. So finally I had him on enough medication. So you start, my point with that was you start with the, the least aggressive yes. um, protocol. 
which and, is going to be for us. Yeah. Levoteracetam or Keppra. Who would say Levoteracetam? Levoteracetam, Levoteracetam, Keppra. We all, all say Keppra because it's easier to say and spell, <laughs> and that's what people get. Those they, are all the same drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Keppra is the brand name, which is brilliant on them for coming up with something yeah. easy to say and spell. But we always start with that one. Yeah, and it's it's um, well tolerated. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's well tolerated. Because well tolerated, it doesn't cause a lot of trauma to the organs. They don't get zonked on it. They're not little zombie dogs. They just it, it, you can't hardly tell they're taking it. Yeah. But um, if if the seizures are more aggressive, um, or if the dog comes in and it's just having back to back grand moles right off the bat, you just yeah. skip this. Yeah, you and, skip and move on. You go to phenobarbital. Yeah. Um, so that's the classic. Gold like, standard in vet med. For... Anti-seizure medication. Yeah. And the the reason why, you know, Kepper's amazing. It does, I tell people when I put them on it, I go, hey, this probably is going to have a uh, like a honeymoon period where it is going to work for four to six months. You might start seeing breakthroughs at that point. Yeah. If you see more, uh, more than one breakthrough every quarter of the year, this is my rule of thumb, then we're not controlled anymore. Mm-hmm. Or if they're back-to-back, like you're saying, or if there's more than one in a uh, quarter, um, then we need to move to phenobarbital. Phenobarbital, we have to monitor parameters for them. So we have to watch their liver values and their phenobarbital levels. Mm-hmm. And so that's this is a more involved drug. I love the fact that phenobarbital... Um, that the liver actually will upregulate its me- metabolism oh, yeah. of the to drug to get rid of it. <laughs> to get rid of it, so the liver like gets really in good shape at like like experienced phenobarbital kicker outer. Yeah. And so you'll you'll have to because um, people get like kind of sometimes frustrated because we're making them do blood work every six months, but that's why because if that dog is below therapeutic range and it's phenobarb, you may as well not give it at all. Yep. And um. Unless it's ha- and then if it's having breakthrough seizures, you've got to increase your dose. Yeah, and then you look at. So I have a tail. I had. Uh, I went to Purdue for three weeks to work with their internal med department during my fourth year of vet school, and one of my patients was this sweet, sweet corgi, who was on phenobarbital and was not getting monitored mm-hmm. every six months. And so he came in for end-stage liver failure. Oh, no. So he had cirrhosis of his liver, which is basically where the ri- liver just shrivels up and scars down. Ends up looking like moldy grapes almost. Ew. Um, we went in and biopsied the liver. We dropped down his phenobarbital dose, put him on a, a couple other medications that help um, potentiate phenobarbital, make it work a little bit better um, without being on a higher dose. And he ended up doing well um, overall. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, it's rough if you're yeah. not watching it, which is why we harp so much about rechecking lab works because we care about your dog's liver. Yeah, above all else, do no harm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so you mentioned potentiating the phenobarbital. Yeah. Um, so we ha- let's just say you do have this dog that um, is still breaking through on the levoteracetum and the phenobarbital because usually we don't take away the Keppra. We just add phenobarbital. But yeah. what if we're still having seizures like Cody? Then we can add in potassium bromide, yeah. um, which is a medication that will basically allow the phenobarbital to work better, mm-hmm. keep it in the system a yeah. little longer. Some people will use it. I've seen it used as a standalone anti-seizure medication, but that's just really unusual. Typically, yeah. you're using never, it. Yeah. yeah. I've just had some cases come over, and yeah. I was like, I don't know. And uh, this might be a little difference between me and you. Sometimes I will taper off the Keppra. Um, depending on depending the, yeah. on the dog or why you're doing the phenobarbital. Yes, if we get onto the phenobarbital and we're at a good steady state, uh, meaning phenobarbital once it's in your system, 
it gets to a point where the level of phenobarbital in your system just stays consistent. Mm -hmm. So that's what we call the steady state. Once that steady state is reached, sometimes... It usually takes a few weeks. Yeah. And so we usually, if we start phenobarbital, we'll check your steady state at two weeks later. Um, I sometimes will start a a Keppra taper, um, you know, to, to get them just solely on phenobarbital. But... A lot of dogs I have on both Keppra and mm-hmm. Phenobarbital. Yeah, I'm a little more chicken to pull them off the Keppra because they do so well on it. They so do. I might do it like six months later when I feel like they, they're not having any breakthrough seizures with both of these medications. Okay, well, let's see what happens if we yeah. take away the Keppra now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I'm, and I have dogs that will like, they'll go on Phenobarb. They have this aggressive onset of seizures. We have to at some point put them on Phenobarbital. Then, like, a year goes by, and they haven't had any seizures, and the owners will want to try to take them off phenobarbital. Yes. And it's so scary. Sorry, you can't do that. Yeah, but I, I have before. You have? Our, yeah, so I had this one dog. That, he was a, a husky, and he came in literally for a pro-heart shot. Like, <laughs> like he was just due for his, his booster. He walks into the lobby, stands on the scale to get weighed, falls <laughs> over, has a seizure in the lobby, has never had a seizure before in his life. And then this dog has massive seizure after seizure that night. Like, we had to send him to the emergency mm-hmm. hospital, like, as a thing. And um, he went on all the drugs at the emergency hospital. Mm-hmm. He was they, they loaded him up on all three to try to shut this thing down. He'd been sedated because a lot of times that sedative, sedation process is, like, what I call a hard reset mm-hmm. for the brain to kind of settle it back down. Um, and so he went through all that. And then he was still having seizures for, like, maybe, like, a month or two. Um, just here and there. And then he quit. And like a year and a half later, they were like, okay, we want to take him off seizure medicine. And so I started one at a time removing them. Yeah. And to, to this day, he's off seizure medicine. And that's, it's been before the tornado. Yeah. So he's probably been off for eight months, it's eight a months thing. now. I mean, it's a thing in people too. But um, the uh, opposite has happened too, where I've had them, I pull off phenobarb and they go back to having seizures. And I was like, okay, well now we know. Yeah. We gotta have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some people who have come off of seizure medication. Yeah. Like idiopathic seizures. Yeah. Um so And that's but the frustrating you just thing run about the risk. It. Yeah. You know, you, they may go in you know, these dogs that you take completely off may relapse. They may relapse and then the, you're just back on the med. So it's it's very it's tough. Seizures it are so tough. Yeah. And then, you know, I have some patients who are on the lowest do- dose of Kepra ever. And I'm too chicken to take them off of it mm-hmm. because I'm like, nope, not worth <laughs> I'm it. Like, not worth it. Just yeah. keep doing your really, really low dosing yeah. effort because it might be working. And what if we take you off? <laughs> and then yes, and that was the whole thing holding you stable. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard because all it is is um, what I like like to tell people in rooms. Like all it is is a threshold. So you have essentially that husky probably had a lower threshold of having a seizure, meaning like. If you had like a, a, he a had cup a shorter of water, cup, yeah. yeah, a shorter cup, you had a cup of water, you filled it up. His cup was almost overflowing. He came in, had a stress event, yeah, which poured more water into his cup and then it overflowed. Yeah, because stress definitely triggers yeah. seizures in these dogs. And so Kepra then is the straw that you put into your cup and you drink some of that water out and you lower that threshold. Mm-hmm. So you're not, if you do get stressed out, you're not going to have that overflow. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to zonk your dog into a coma unless it's Cody. You just need them to be not overflowing their cup because those overflow electrical signals are what's causing the problem. Exactly. And every time they have a seizure, it kind of starts creating this this pathway for more seizures to follow behind it and kind of concretes it. So you really want to get a hold of these as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. to avoid this sort of like highway 
mm-hmm. um, getting paved for more and more seizures. So. Yeah. And then cats. Just to quickly yeah. talk about cats. How I personally have never seen... I have one. A cat. Other than the hypoglycemic, I have never seen a cat have like... A full-on epilepsy. So I have one. His name is Gunji, and he is now seven or eight-year-old Bengal. Um, He started having seizures at about 18 months, and at first I thought, no, he's not. He's a cat. Yeah, cats don't don't do seizures. Yeah, he's doing something else. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it's not a seizure. And then finally, after like three months of this, the owner catches some videos of these incidents. I was like, holy smokes, this cat has epilepsy. Wow. And so we put him on levoteracetam. Like you said, we had this honeymoon phase, about five to six months of doing pretty good on that. Starts having seizures again. He also has a heart murmur. Um, yeah, and he has also had to have all of his teeth pulled because he has, like, some kind of weird autoimmune thing where all of his teeth were, like, bad by the time he was six. Anyway, so fun. I love Gunji, and, um, he is a cool cat, though. Um, but anyway, yeah, so then we ended up having to put him on phenobarbital. He'll still occasionally have a seizure, even on both those drugs, but it's well-maintained. Owners are happy, Mm -hmm. um, feel like his quality of life is good. He tolerates his medications to some degree. Owner, the owners are legit. Like, they're yeah. really good with handling him. That's good. So they're able to get his meds in. Because uh, medicating a cat twice a day, every day. It's tough, guys. It's tough, guys. I can't medicate. And he's on heart meds. Yeah, I can't medicate my own cat. He's extra special. I look at my cat, Salem, and I go, never get sick. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't, he will not let me medicate The him. general was awesome. He had, he had um, thyroid. Yeah, he had hyperthyroidism. And at first I put him on the tablets and he wouldn't respond to even like 10 milligrams. Really? Yeah, I was like, what is wrong? And he would just eat it out of the cheese. So I knew he was getting it. Put, fold it up a little cheese, eat hmm. it. Would not respond. Put him on the topical and boom, he was fine in a month. Man. So anyway, yeah. Uh, cats, cats. Yeah. But he was a cool cat though. He was like, he was like a dog. Yeah, I loved him. Yeah, he was cool. He was cat. awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's been gone a while now, almost five years. That's crazy. I know. Time I mean, stopped when I left. Is yeah. the one I told Natalie. I was like, when I left the clinic, like after I graduated, like because I was an assistant here, I was like, time stopped. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I just had my birthday last week, and he was pretty sure I was turning thirty six, even though I turned forty one. <laughs> like time stopped i'm sorry it's That's been fine. four years I'll, I'll take it yeah. i'll take it so anyway okay so all this to be said um i do i also just i feel like we did not cover one other thing i wanted to cover which was what is not a seizure oh yeah um syncope is the, like the big one that falls into that category what is syncope? syncope is essentially <laughs> where they are losing sufficient blood flow to the brain oxygen oxygen uh namely uh and to maintain consciousness so they're blacking out and it's causing them they'll sometimes cry out fall over get stiff then pop up and look around like what just happened and go on with their day um versus a seizure you typically have a pre-ictal which ictal is just going to mean like the seizure event so pre-ictal an ictal stage and then a post-ictal and the pre-ictal is the panic that's like, like yeah yeah like looking dog. for owner of what's going on ictal is going to be the falling over um or the, the earthquake event earthquake if you event. Will. yeah and then post-ictal is that dazed behavior that they have after yeah um, like we talked about cody being blind yes or and it can last a while um or just like just tired and um you know people that i that i 
again, not a human doctor, but people that I know that have had seizures, they're like, it's like I ran a marathon. In, Interesting. In well, yeah, because every muscle in your body was on hyperdrive. Exactly. So it's like, think of that for those poor dogs and cats who are having those seizures, like their body just hyperdrive for 30 seconds to two minutes, hopefully yeah. not longer. Um, and you know, they're waking up, they're just exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Sinkable, you're right. They're, they're, just, right. They, they're fine. They just had a tiny little nap. Instead of having a massive full body workout. Yeah. And um, this is usually like cardiac driven. Um, can happen with a, a severe anemia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks a lot like a seizure. Um, so as, if I have an old dog having a seizure-like event, the first thing I'm doing is check in heart. heart. Yeah, yeah, and make sure we don't have a blood flow, a blood pressure issue where we're just blacking out. And then if you have a boxer who's having a seizure-like event, you're, you know, also worried about syncopal events because they can have special boxer diseases where they yeah. get arrhythmias of the yeah. heart that their heart is not pumping correctly and then they'll so they'll be like running playing fetch and then fall over yeah and then get back up um so and their heart will let, look and sound completely normal upon exam yeah uh, which is super frustrating which is why you have to and do to, halter monitors yeah. which is a whole nother topic but basically it's a monitor they wear to see if they're having these arrhythmias intermittently yep to rule out completely you know, is this a seizure or is this Yeah, sometimes you can tell just by the history because they're not paddling. They're not peeing on themselves. Usually they can, but it's not as typical. They don't walk around pacing, panting, and blind for, you know, five to minutes to two hours. Yeah. So it looks a lot different. I had another story. Oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh, I have a lot today. Um, I had a 12-year-old boxer that the owners were like, he's having seizures. And I was like, they showed me a video. They described it. I'm like, I agree. I think this is probably seizures. Started on Kepra. I was like, but go see your cardiologist. And um, then, yeah. And then it actually was a syncopal event because they did a halter monitor for 72 yeah. hours. And uh, was having. And so we were able to come off the Kepra and go on to different types of medication. Yeah. So. Love that for yeah. boxers. Me too. They're the poster child. Yeah. <clears throat> it could happen to any dog, but yeah. Dobies is another one. I do love Doberman. Anyway, um, okay, so I think maybe this is the most important thing uh, to talk about if you do find yourself in a situation with a dog having a seizure. What do I do right now? Um, And a little bit of it depends on the severity. This is always, you know, like we talk about a lot, there's a lot of gray happening. But let's just say you have a dog and it's having its very first seizure. Probably the first thing to do is just, like, try really hard not to panic it is scary to watch, but your dog is not in pain. They mm-hmm. are just unaware and you just support them so that they're not like, if they're on the bed, don't let them fall off. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're near something hard, don't let them whack their head. Do not put your fingers near their mouth. Nope. You will get bit and they won't know they did it. They mm-hmm. cannot help it and it will hurt because that they're biting hard. Um, otherwise just give them a second. Now, um, if you have already been diagnosed with seizures uh, here, I send home rescue diazepam or Valium that you can give rectally to prevent the next seizure or the severity of that seizure or whatever the case may be. Uh, so a lot of times they'll have these like what I like to call aftershock seizures mm-hmm. where you'll have a seizure and then like 10 minutes later you'll have another one and 10 minutes later you'll have another one and you want to try to get in the middle of that space. Mm-hmm. But if you do not get in the middle of that space, the seizure is continuing. They are having multiple seizures back to back. This is an emergency situation. And if you um, are keeping up with the podcast and you want to listen to the one 
right before this one about emergencies, this is a situation where you need a 24-hour hospital. You don't call your doctor and get them out of bed and make them come up in the middle of the night no matter how much you love that doctor and how much you trust that doctor because they cannot sit there with your pet. Like I talked about that with my beagle that I was sit there with him, but that's not super sustainable Mm long-term. And still I would go back to bed and he'd be unattended for a few hours or the owner would take him home. Mm -hmm. If I have a seizure patient come in, And they cannot take them to a 24-hour hospital for usually financial, but sometimes physical reasons, just getting there. They can't drive at night, like whatever the thing is. Um, Then I don't keep them in hospital by themselves. They're going home with rescue drugs. And sometimes I'll give them sedation to just knock them down a bit, you know, and send them home with the owners, which is not an ideal situation. But they do not need to be unattended. And if they're having these back-to-back seizures, they can become hyperthermic, meaning their body temperature will elevate, like Dr. Dane was talking about with this marathon run Mm -hmm. in 30 seconds. Um, And their blood sugar will plummet because Mm -hmm. they're using all their energy and their liver cannot generate new blood sugar fast enough to keep up with it. marathon run in 30 seconds. A marathon run in 30 seconds. And so these are emergencies. Um, If you are a client of ours, you can go to our website at any time, or if you message the clinic and it's after hours um, on Facebook, it'll auto-populate the emergency phone number to call. You can find it on our website as well. Um, You can Google it, like do something. Uh, If you're listening and you're not in our area, you know, uh, maybe this is a good uh, just plug in general to say, know where your emergency vets are for whatever emergency you might have. But these things cannot wait until morning. Yeah. And I usually tell people if they have one, okay, if they're going into their second one, get them in the car. And And I I may be a little more lenient about it, like especially if you've got diazepam on hand. Um, I would I would say by the time you're yeah I would be looking for possible emergency yeah. places by the time they're having their third you need to be going. If y'all haven't figured it out, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Dame runs on the spec the side of the spectrum of like higher anxiety like it's not okay let's be and let's degree. not be let's all not be okay and and I'm like on my fourth kid kind of mom you know. <laughs> I only have two kids, but I'm like the mom who has four. You're like, just wipe that off and put it back in your mouth. You're yeah. fine. <laughs> so anyway, so which makes us but a great team. If we're open, call us. If yeah, if we're open, call we us. Will, yeah, we want to see that see situation. You. We're closer, so we want to get things settled, and then we'll talk about maybe going on. Yeah, from what there. to do? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, um, I think when we did our emergency episode that morning, I had just seen a seizure dog that same thing. It had one seizure once went to their regular veterinarian. Um, then that morning, which was like three weeks later, two weeks later, it was a little Frenchie and he'd had three seizures that morning. And so there they were in the hospital. We got the appropriate meds. We got the diazepam sent home. We talked about emergency care overnight and he's doing really well right now. So responding good to meds, but anyway, yep. Okay. Bye guys. Yeah. That was our, that was our lecture. Last minute lecture, mom lecture. And um, if you guys need anything else, we got to go back to work. But message, call, text, email, ask your veterinarian, whatever you need to do. But we're here for you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.